welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction and where I actually read hard sci-fi and pretend to understand the science. I'm Adam. I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. Today we're discussing a Chinese sci-fi juggernaut, The Three-Body Problem by Shizen... Mm, I wrote the phonetics down. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I wrote them down. Is what you heard, because I listened to uh, something on YouTube, and I think they said Sashin Lu. Does that sound familiar? I'd heard that one, or Shishin Lu, yeah, which I, I I'm going to go for I once. It was like Shishin Lu. Yeah. yeah. It's Kixin, I thought. I was about to say Kixin this whole time. Crispin? Kixin Lu. Crispin, Crispin yeah. Glover? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great actor. The in- uh, oh. <laughs> the, the you in- really think I ought to swear? <laughs> <laughs> the entire continent of America cringes at my pronunciation here. But before I continue to embarrass myself, we need your help, fellow nerds. Do you want a friendlier podcast player? I mean, nothing against the elephants in the room, those other podcast players. But Good Pods is a social podcast player that has taken over the scene. We're on there as the nerds, and we'd love to follow you and have you follow us back. It's great. It's a no-cost way to support the podcast and add to your podcast experience by getting some social recommendations, seeing what other people are listening to, and shamelessly hawking your favorite podcast, which would be us, of course, right? So why don't you hop on Good Pods if you're not already and uh, friend us there so we can have a conversation. We're going to start a group uh, where we just chat about our nerdy fiction loves and just keep the conversation going that way because, you know... Twitter is going to become a dystopian world of hell pretty soon. So <laughs> it already is. That's just my thought. More so. You know, you know, more so. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm not the only one who is already there. Time to get on Truth Social, guys. <laughs> that will never happen. You could, I wish we could all see Adam's face right now. <laughs> I went through the seven stages of grief in like a hot flash second right there and threw up in my mouth at the same time. Well, the, the final stage is acceptance, is it not? So so are we getting on Truth Social? What is this, Room 101? You're just like, 2 plus 2 equals nice. 5. Nice, animals. nice. You get a bell for the reference. Yeah, that Thank was a you. beautiful reference. Appreciate that. That's so, the only the way The worst thing there. in the world. Chrome 2024. <laughs> do, you know, do you know that on Truth Social, when they retweet something, they call it retruthing? I'm not making this up. This is real. They retruth things. And of course, it surprises there's a not. really obvious irony there, of course, but leave that unsaid. Retruth rhymes with detruth. Ooh, ooh, it does. I feel like that's related to the irony. This whole conversation is above my head. Why so are we I'm talking? About I don't know. <laughs> Why are we giving them airtime? They're not sponsoring us. <laughs> no one is. No, not even Good Pods, who I just shilled for. This is where the podcast needs to go. Beep. Welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic. I'm Adam. Take two. No, uh, you know what? If you followed along with us and you tried the three-body problem as we did, and you found that hard science that includes 20 pages of unfolding a single proton into multiple dimensions of shimmering geometries for the useless description of a nano-civilization that attempts to destroy your macro-civilization is just too much, (gasps) then join us for a visceral experience discussing Neil Gaiman's Sandman series on Netflix in two weeks. There's plenty of time to catch up if you haven't started the 10-episode series yet, and if you have no clue what I'm talking about, Go back and listen to our cast on Sandman by the one, the only, Neil Gaiman. It is a real treat, and I think you'll enjoy it before you get to the series. Mike, I interrupted your bell reach. Oh, you were... I was going to give you a bell for all that sciencey sounding shit that you just said, which I thought was a great synopsis of the book, so... Thank you. Yeah. We can move on from the book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Shortest podcast. We'll stipulate ever. to that. And, yeah, yeah, you could listen to four of these during your drive time in the mornings. <laughs> sciencey shit. 
scene. <laughs> <laughs> we could just cut to Bill Nye, right? Yeah. There you go. No, we have got more things to do, like reveal the drink, which is Sean's like decision here to not show us what we were drinking ahead of time. Could it be grain alcohol? I don't know. Could it be mm. a beer? Bathtub gin? Likely. <laughs> Actually, I'm going with a, uh, a really uh, well-cultivated uh, uh, jailhouse hooch. <laughs> Mm. So we're gonna drink some toilet juice. All right. <laughs> this is a Nothing podcast. But the finest. I've been yeah. making it for months. This is a podcast that everyone's gonna want to hear. No, through to the end. No, this is a this is a beer day for us because we're yeah. it's a work week day and we just want to make sure we take it kind of easy. But mm-hmm. with that being said, I did buy some interesting beers for these uh, casts we're doing this evening. All right. And since I couldn't find, uh, I wanted to get. Um, I think I think it's pronounced Baijiu, which is like a, a Chinese liqueur yeah or like a like a distilled liquor and i can't find that anywhere in the western new york area so fuck our culturism here we have mm-hmm. none. and i didn't have time to figure out how to distill from sogrum yeah so to make the beverage they discussed we are uh we're we're kind of at a loss for trying to find something appropriate to the cast so i just picked something to look good to me and you guys are gonna have to deal with it so no, i no. bought for this particular cast because the second one is more appropriate i think for mm. for sandman but this one, we're going to be drinking a Resurgence Brewery beer. All right. Hey. And it is called Peanut Butter Porter. Oh, Ooh, I man. like this one, actually. So I saw that, and I basically had to pick up my tongue off the floor. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. this looks good. Let me see if we can get this on a little ASMR. Oh, yeah, right yeah, on the back. Yeah, beautiful. Resurgence is a local brewery to the Buffalo area, for those of you who are Western New Yorkers like us. Thank you, sir. Resurgence, if you want to be friend of the cast status, why don't you just give us a shout-out? I know you know us on Instagram. That's right. I know you know. We're always looking for free beer. Well, yeah, indeed. <laughs> All right, so um, one pint can. Yeah, it is a peanut butter porter. It's a porter brewed with cocoa, chocolate, and peanut butter. And I'm gonna have to check my insulin pump and make sure that I'm good to go before <laughs> drinking this one. It's a uh, it's lovely looking can. I I just want to open this bad boy and drink it. All right, you ready? let's do that. Well, let's we'll time it. Three, two, one. Ooh, Ooh. almost. Mike fails. Oh. <laughs> Oh, cheers, I'll still gents. cheers you, Mike. So, thank you, <laughs> gentlemen. Here's the weekday podcasting. That is nice. Oh, that is nice. Not sometimes, you know, these beers that have a flavor. The flavor is very upfront, yeah. And and there it becomes tiresome after mm-hmm. too many. This is nice. This tastes like a porter, and there's like a hint yes. of the peanut butter. And I love this time of year because it's porter season. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Chill in the oh, air. Oh. Nothing mm-hmm. beats a good, dark, thick beer. Yeah. Well, yep. exactly. I'm, pa- I'm passing out the bells tonight. You, you guys are gonna, I like it. You guys are going to... I'm going to pick up the self-esteem here, give you some 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 pride in yourselves. That's three bells already. Like two for Adam. <laughs> the three bell problem tonight? Oh, hey. Oh, oh is that it? No, I'm not. <laughs> I did it. I did it. You know what I like about this, besides everything Mike said? Because, you know, I've had, like, cocoa porter stouts which are like someone took coconut cream and just shoved it in my beer <laughs> and it's like separated out Probably the top. Probably what they did, yeah. Probably. Um, it's light. It's not one of those porters that's like 12% alcohol, so you mm-hmm. have to like share it in order to enjoy yeah. it. This is 5.5. Reasonable. It's going to be, yeah, it's delicious. I didn't even look at that when I bought it also. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good workday beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, cheers, Sean. You picked a good one. Yeah. Been a blind squirrel finds a nut, gentlemen. <laughs> Enjoyable indeed. All right. Well, we are going to enjoy our beers for a little bit here. And uh, 
I really struggled for some sort of like food to go with it. I wish I would have just done what Sean did and was like, you know what? I want this because it looks enjoyable. <laughs> I brought egg rolls. And <laughs> yeah, but those are damn good, man. They are yeah, damn they, good. They smell They really are damn good. good. I have, um, I have some friends who like have Chinese American or who are from, you know, Chinese descended families and they're like, none of the food sold here is really realistic. We, we know that. But know. Yes. We know it's... that. And I'm making it, I'm making it obvious for the cast that we know. Yes. We know that this is not real authentic Chinese food. And we're right. openly admitting that. And Sean was pointing to the translation from Ken Liu because you were pointing out the fact that I believe he's a Chinese American. Yes. So we yeah. have the crossover. We have Chinese American or American Chinese food. We have a translation from a Chinese American gentleman. Yeah, the and the and the translator is quite a successful author all by himself. Oh, right. oh absolutely. And uh, as egg rolls are are quite a solid part of our culinary culture mm-hmm. on their own. So that was a fantastic tradition. Yeah. On that note, why don't we take a couple more sips of beer and have a couple egg rolls, and we'll uh, come back after the break. Sounds, Sounds good. Yeah. We are finishing or enjoying our peanut butter porters from Resurgence. Mm. And we are going to discuss Shishin Lu's, and you'll understand when you see our Twitter feed, thank you, why I said it like that, uh, his book, The Three-Body Problem. And I want to start with something that's been bothering, or maybe affected my reading a lot. How much did the hard science included in this <laughs> book affect your enjoyment, understanding, or appreciation of the reading, whatever you want to phrase it as? Tremendously. Do you want to do you want to elaborate? <laughs> do on I that? want to elaborate? Oh yeah. sure, yeah. I guess I could elaborate. I mean, they elaborated for seventy-two <laughs> pages about electromagnetic waves in the sun. So. Yes, yeah. So uh, according to the no. Oxford English Dictionary, tremendously is a word that comes down from the old Latin. Is this too much elaboration, or are you David Foster Wallace? Because no. <laughs> oh no, then I would. Well, I'll I'll put footnotes when I when I fire this episode up on Twitter. Surely you must be joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. Don't call me Shirley. Um. What were we talking about? Hard science. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, so I, I, I don't know that I necessarily <clears throat> want to give the wrong impression by, by leading with this because I, I have positive things to say about this book. No, I'm setting us up to be a hate cast. But okay. Then, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You know, then I will unleash my hate. Uh, we've already <laughs> talked about truth social in this case. So. <laughs> you haven't gotten um, to that. So. Yeah. I, the hard science, I'm, I, I, I just am not the target audience for it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I don't yeah. think that it's a fault of the book at all. I want to be clear about that. I, I think that that was not a problem. For the author, that's the book he wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And for the audience he wanted to write for, I think that that's what they want. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. the, the many positive reviews of the book and the fans of the book reflect that. I'm not the target audience for that. You know, I'm no. a guy who, you know, I like, I like when I, when I encounter science, I like it to be Star Wars or Star Trek. You know, it's, yeah. it's there in, as part of the setting, but it's not the major feature. And this book was science with a little bit of plot sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I really appreciate the way you said, like, I want to just believe that that's how things work yeah. without being told this is how things work. At least not in that much detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sean, what's your take? I got, I, my take on this whole thing was that that was the best part of the book and the quote unquote story was so weak that I'm like reading this going like, really? Barack Obama recommends this? <laughs> he likes the science. Right. I'm yeah, not sure. I mean, actually. the science was interesting. I guess I'm not a scientist. Obviously, I'm an English teacher, and not to say that we can't like science, but 
I mean, I have a casual interest in those kinds of things. We did go back to like the 3001 cast and that, and I like that kind of stuff. It was a lot of like intricate, uh, you know, electromagnetic kind of like, um, what, I don't know if that's like physics. There's a lot of physics in there. Yeah. A lot of that kind of stuff where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat that they're getting into that detail. But then every time he went back from that to the quote unquote story, I kept going like, well, now this is like someone's like notes on what the story is going to be when it's actually done. Yeah. Mm. Good way to put that's, it. that's how it felt. And, I, and I'm like you. I, I Like I have a fascination with science, but I guess my fascination extends to sort of the philosophy of science. Mm. Yeah, I like I like to think about scientific issues in terms of like, you know, how do they affect us? What does that mean? What are the implications of that? As soon as you start showing me your math, my eyes glaze over, you know, and, and much of this book was the math, so to speak, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of in between. Like, I really like not just being expected to buy the premise of some technological terror or something like that. Right. But at a certain point, when you keep going back to that well... I felt like those were the more developed parts of the story. You know, when I first started the book and I was like, oh, we've got a sci-fi book that includes the political realities of the world. Because, you know, I feel like sometimes the the politics and the real world get left behind in sci-fi. I was really in. Mm. I was like, Chinese Revolution? Let's yeah. go. I want to see how this plays. But then I couldn't tell if it was the amount of science that got included that interrupted the story or... I actually also took issue with the amount of time that passed so rapidly yeah. in the first third of the book. Yes. We went through a generation, nearly a generation, right. and then the rest of the book was so um, slowly paced. You know, the discovery at um, Red Coast. Yeah, I get it. It took eight years for the, the thing to come back. But like maybe I was getting antsy at that point because I felt like both the politics that were propelling me through the first part and then the interesting science was stripped out. Right, right. So maybe it was more of a pacing issue for me in the way things were doled out. I would agree. I think there was a pacing issue. Uh, every time the story started, and, and the story, if I just sat here and described the story, I, I think in theory it sounds fascinating to me. Um, that's why I was interested in this book for a very long time. But mm -hmm. the problem is you'd hit these these beats where like the story was starting to heat up. It was starting to get interesting. Um, you know, for example... Uh, there's this great part where, like, uh, Wang is the character's name, right? He comes into uh, contact with that, like, secret organization whose name is escaping me at the, the moment. The ETO. Yeah, thank you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, okay, there's like, oh, wow, like, these people have known for a long time that the aliens are coming. And there's all this, like, internal politicking and, and like, there's conflicts within the organization. Like, all that suddenly got really interesting for me. Mm-hmm. And then that chapter literally ended with, I'm going to forget the character's name, but she was the head of, like, one of the factions. She's like, well, Dr. Wang, she's like, um, you know, the, we've told you some stuff, but we haven't told you everything yet. Is that Yi Wenji? And the, it might have been. And then, and then the, the chapter ends, and the very next chapter is them explaining in explicit scientific detail right. for pages everything that they felt he needed to know and i'm like see that's that's the pacing issue right there yeah. you got to find a way to abbreviate that shit and mix it in with the story I, Go ahead, I i guess part of my problem with this book was the whole time i'm reading it i was in this meta place where i'm thinking to myself is it just because i have western expectations and mm. i don't get how a chinese novel is supposed to structurally work and i kept thinking to myself like yeah it's an english translation but obviously something is missing 
something's not like the cultural stuff. Like I, I am painfully <clears throat> ignorant about the Cultural Revolution. Chinese history, and I'm reading it going like, man, this guy lives in China. It sounds to me like he's like downing a major part of like his government's history. Uh, do they are they shamed by this? And I actually I got it. I, I researched yeah. it and I figured out I'm like, oh yeah, he's actually right on. And but it's like I didn't have that connection, so right. that was a part of it that was kind of tough to get into it. But just the fact, like like you said, it goes from like this moment of like, oh, there's a story. It's starting to get somewhere. It's he's developing a lot of threads. And then it's just like info dumped right. for a long yes. time, and then half those threads we never get back to, or it's right. like hand waved away. Mm-hmm. I kept going like, well, it's got to be something about like traditional st- Chinese style of storytelling or something, and I just have different expectations, so I couldn't let myself get lost in the book. Right, and I, that's what I'm looking for when I mm-hmm. when I get a page turner or something, I am lost and I can't get out of it. This book, I had to force myself to stay in it, mm-hmm. and that to me is not enjoyable. Well. Uh, Two things in relation to that. I, I think it's. I think it's a little of both. I think one is that this is the book that the author wrote, and he was more interested in the science than the narrative. Mm. I don't know his background. I didn't do any research. I would guess though that like he isn't a guy who was a storyteller first who got interested in science, but rather vice versa. Um, but B to your other point, um, it it is a feature of Western literature the way, and it, even compared to older Western literature. The way the publishing industry is now is we're very focused on character development, mm-hmm. interior monologue, backstory, right. what motivates characters, how they're feeling. I want to follow Frodo for 3,000 right. pages. Yeah, there you go. It, it's also and, a three-act development too, right? Like the yeah, idea of how the story sure, progresses. Sure. But yeah. um, in, my, in my very limited uh, experience reading um, you know, Eastern authors who are not, not like American uh, with you know, Asian descent, but... Like they are east, they live in China, live in Japan, whatever, and and that is their culture. Uh, one of my favorite authors is Haruki Murakami, is a very famous Japanese author. And I've read a little bit of Yoko Ogawa, a couple of books by her, three books by her. Um, but in that experience, I can tell you, like there is a difference. Like there is more emphasis paid to, um, you know, it almost to me reads like what we think of as classic literature here where they're not so in the headspace of the characters right. the deeds tend to speak more for themselves and we're left to our own sort of judgment as a reader and that seems to be more of a feature so i think it's a little bit of both the author focused on the science but also this is not a western author either. right yeah that's a good point storytelling modes vary by culture and you know your conversation about the industry and what they push is also really prescient um i know the American publishing industry is laser focused on what they think sells. And traditionally that's to what sells to 50 year old women <laughs> who are in the upper middle income bracket. Cause that's who buys hardcover books in America. That's true. So, um, or tweens or tweens. Who sure. Trilogies. Yeah. Well, this is a Very trilogy. True. No. Is <laughs> yeah. It is a trilogy. Yeah. They love their series. And they'll reread it and reread it and reread it. That's why you get the prequels. And that's why you get the like remakes from the uh, love interest side because they'll just eat that shit up. Yep. Prince yep. money. Prince money, right. But maybe it's a, a gift that the rest of the publishing world doesn't work that way. And now that you mention it, it does kind of remind me in some ways of um, non-American authors that I've read before, even... Um, like Camus' The Plague really reads differently in that the plot is so minimal and you're expected to just dive into the philosophy where here it's not philosophy so much as it is science. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so maybe I just need to be more open to that. And I think one of the things that also 
didn't fit into my expectations is that this is the first book in the trilogy. And I was looking for more climax than we got. When I got to about page 370 with 20 pages left, <laughs> I realized that the arc of the story has 450 years more to go. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. It's like foundation in that way. Yeah, it's yeah. like foundation. And in that way, I was not set up for the correct pacing to be fair to the author. Right. You know. Um, I, I I hate to do this, but no, I, go ahead. I did read the Wikipedia, uh, what do you call it, like the summary of yeah. the rest of the series. I thought to myself, yeah. I'm not going to read the other ones. I just want to see where he goes with it. Uh... <laughs> it gets wild. I'm down for wild. <laughs> yeah. I felt like this was tame. Wild I in a way too. where like, you know how like this book, there's those moments where like a gajillion threads go in like 5,000 different directions. Right. Yeah. Like that kind of wild. Like it just goes oh. all over the place and I'm reading it going like, wow, how does he contain all of this in only three books? Right. Oh, wow. It's, That's what I was. So it's, with. it's really, you know, I have mixed feelings about this cause I, I really struggled with this book. Um, for all the reasons that we've said, the plotting, pacing, way too much hard science, but we haven't really talked about what the story is yet, but the story was, in theory, fascinating to me. You know, it wasn't Independence Day. Huge spaceships come and perch over the major cities and monuments and across the world, but it was a far more interesting, different, and I think probably realistic way of looking at what First Contact might actually look like. I was fascinated by that. Now, I, you know, looked ahead and got, I didn't read, like, the rundown like you mm -hmm. did, but I read, you know, the general synopsis of the second book. You know, and I, I, I'm i torn now because I'm like, it sounds fascinating. The, the Dark Forest is the name of the book, mm -hmm. and it's an actual scientific concept. Mm -hmm. The idea that there are intelligent, uh, you know, alien civilizations scattered across the universe but that all of them are, it's basically radio silence, you know, so that they're all there. That They call it the dark forest because it's like if you have all these hunters trying to stay quiet in a forest, it would appear silent and it would appear dark, but they're there, right? And I'm like, God, mm. this sounds fucking awesome. Like, Actually, that does really sound fascinating. really fucking But then I'm like, am I going to start reading it and it's going to be the same as this, like plotting pacing yeah. way too much science i don't know so i'm i'm a, i'm very conflicted i'm like that i love that like fermi paradox and the great silence and all that stuff about like you know are we alone and blah blah mm -hmm. blah and then you start getting into the the details this person that lou develops and i'm i'm going like man you know i'm having a hard time with some of like the speculative stuff right like the um it's an interesting, almost like Star Trek style premise. Like, oh, we're going to use a video game to kind of soften the blow of like our eventual colonization and takeover kind of a thing. And we'll get people on our side. And that's kind of fascinating, but didn't really develop at all in the story. It sort of became like an also ran part of the plot, which yeah. I was like, well, that really had the potential to be something much more major. Yeah. Um, the whole thing with the dehydration of the aliens and oh, the that was they... intriguing to me. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. But then I'm sitting there going like, well, that, like they're talking about Proxima Centauri and all this stuff, and just the like the logistics of it. You go into this deep science about radio right. waves, mm -hmm. but then you can't give me bullshit about the freaking biology yeah. of the aliens. Like I want that right now yeah. because he can't make it up. He doesn't know, <laughs> so he can't make it up. But I mean, this 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 is a great. This is hitting on a point too that I was thinking of. Every time he went into that video game, it was like, you know, it was like, wow, it's like there's a gigantic pyramid, and like the Earth is literally about to end, and it's like that's 
fucking awesome. That's high stakes. That's fascinating. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture it visually. And it's like something about a comet coming across the sky. And that's a harbinger of doom. And I'm like, that all sounds great. I'm in for this. And then it's like, yeah, but then all the gameplay involves is them chatting about science. Yes. That's it. It's that's Oregon it. Trail with the body yes. suit. There you go. That's, that's a good way to oh, put it. But then you died of a three-star yeah. problem. I'm passing out the bus. Thing, oh, as, a, as, a, as a video game kind of sort of too, I'm like, who the fuck would play this video game? This sounds like the most boring-ass video game in the history of video games. I literally know humans who would play this game. But it's, it's like E.T. for the Atari. It's sure. terrible. I would still play it, actually, oh if I got God. a bodysuit with it. <laughs> Dude, no, okay, so the bodysuit, okay, another interesting, like, wow, that's sure. pretty cool, but what are you interacting with? You're interacting with, it's, it feels like, you know that game Mist that, that yes. came out a long time ago? It feels like, oh, yeah, it's pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. No substance. It's yeah. just... There's no plot, yeah. We're just showing off what your computer can render on the screen. Like, that's it. The problem with open-world video games before Grand Theft Auto is always that. Unless you're given the choice point to be moral or immoral mm-hmm. constantly, I feel like an open world video game is a walk in the forest. But it was like the, the player did nothing. He just no. shows up. Yeah. And they like kill some other dudes or whatever and like burn them in a whatever. And then it's like he leaves and the thousands of years have gone by. The civilization progresses. Like, well, you weren't even there for it. Right. You did nothing. You had no stakes in it. It was. So, okay, but, but I guess I mean, it's circuit circuitous way to get to my point. Sure. The video game, to me, I'm sitting there going, like, it'd be really cool if, like, how he talks about how they've stifled America, or the, not America, oh my God. They stifled human uh, scientific development as part of their plan to take over, right? We can't mm-hmm. have nanomaterials, which is what Wang was working on. And we can't have yeah. this, that, and the other thing, because they need to be able to take us over easy. So they, th- he concocts this incredible thing of unpacking the dimensions of a proton and turning it's it like into the last a 70 super, pages. Oh my god. It, it's super amazingly fascinating. But it's such a fucking cockamamie answer. He <laughs> yeah. had it right there. They used the video game for mind control, and that's how they're doing it. Like it, it, it could have been so much easier, but now I've got protons flying around at the speed of light, like disrupting things. What the fuck? Like, what was that? Disinformation would have been would have been the easiest way to confuse American scientists. Earth, Any scientist, yeah, yeah it's just scientists. I didn't need sentient protons destroying accelerators around the world and like somehow listening in. It's, it's mm-hmm. just like it's like a fucking Rube Goldberg level of complexity that was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it took like a hundred pages to develop this freaking idea, which again could have been its own novel. You like you said yeah. at the, in the intro thing, like oh, this micro civilization trying to destroy the macro civilization in the two D world. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> just, just no. <laughs> well, you know, there's a great, uh, there's a great Futurama episode where the main characters in the series meet the disembodied uh, heads of. Star Trek actors. And then they get into, you know, a problem that, you know, they have to solve. That becomes the main conflict of the show. And they realize at the end that the way to solve it is in the classic Star Trek fashion. One person will say a bunch of science gibberish. (laughs) And then the second person will explain it with an easy-to-understand analogy. So somebody Mm -hmm. does that. Mm -hmm. And then Fry goes, like, putting too much air in a balloon. And that's exactly what they do. And I'm like, see, that... Again, I don't want to criticize the book for the excessive science because the target audience wants it, understands yeah. it. For me, I'm like, I'm kind of like 
the, that level of like explain it to me in a way that's easy for me to understand. Make it an integral integral part of a fascinating and well paced narrative, and I'm in. That's what I'm the target audience for. I I agree with that, and I felt like the all of the deep dives. It was like he put too many, too many mm-hmm. into this book. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing about unfolding the proton could have been its own like story. But again, I think I'm just westernizing my expectations and wanting that sort of like all encompassed sort of like moment, right? Where it didn't have to be this bigger thing. It could have just been its own story. Excuse me. Where it could have just been a cold virus inserted into a USB port that you plug into the mothership and they all die. <laughs> must go faster. We must go faster. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm glad you got that. Bill Paxton would be proud. Thank you. Thank you. So. Well, today we celebrate nothing. No. no. Is it, it's Bill Pullman, right? Are we are we Fuck. Oh, it's right. It's Bill I'm sorry. Pullman. I was watching I was watching Twister last night. We will not so go quietly into the yeah. nights. Uh, I would Bill Pullman could be my president. And of course Today uh... we celebrate <laughs> our Independence Day. <laughs> Old yep. friend of the show Jeff Goldblum, uh, of yeah. course, and that's Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't think I can quote any Jeff Goldblum from that movie though. We must go faster. We must go faster. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we'll just uh, we'll like uh, we'll we'll give it a cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. I think yeah. he, there's like a either uh, was that did that predate or was that after Jurassic Park? It was after. It was, it was the same line. So there there was like yeah I was gonna say there's like a re uh, it's the life finds a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> the same chaos theory scientist yeah. <laughs> just be, with aliens. It's become a uh, you know it's just what's his what's his name again? Uh, Goldblum. Goldblum. It's a Goldblumian. You know like that's that's <laughs> yeah. it. All right. So I think I know where we stand. Are we all nose on this? What, what, no. Or am I no. flattening our complex <laughs> and know. morally Has... strong? Opinions. Cast cast conspiracy theory. Has Mike ever said no? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, uh, let's see. What have I said no to? Um, I know the, what you said the, no to. What was the name of that book? The, the city we became. City we became. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's yeah, right. Hard no that's on that. Right. Uh, Three thousand and one. I was a no on, but with the caveat that I highly recommend other stuff by that author. Also, what you said about which MK I haven't read, but mm-hmm. isn't. Yes, yes, yeah, true. Um, you always always likes this, he likes to soften his nose yes. with, this author is a good person and a decent writer, but please don't read this book. Look at the other stuff. Well, it's like he's going to punch somebody in the face. He's like, I'm just going to put a pillow in front of your face first. Yeah. There he is! Yeah. Hurt you too bad. Right before you kill him. <laughs> just you shut your mouth. <laughs> and then you take him out. But I would say, uh, I, I do recommend this book. I just think you need to be the target audience for it. I mean, it mm-hmm. won the Hugo Award. Uh, you know, people... Um, have a very it got a very strong critical reaction in addition to commercial reaction, um, and and again I am a huge fan of the story. I wanted to read this book for years because the, you know the idea of first contact being something that is slowly unfolding over a period of centuries mm-hmm. is so fascinating to me. Um, but I, again, I just, I, I did not feel that that narrative, uh, had any kind of pacing. It was interrupted constantly by, uh, basically science lectures yeah. and, and the characters were, were not, I, I thought not well-developed. Uh, Wang has a family, if I remember correctly, in the beginning of the book, which then vanishes. Sometimes. They're never yeah. referenced mm-hmm. again. Um, and is, uh, how do we pronounce it? Did you watch a 30 minute on the a minute video on how to pronounce Y is it Ye, the main female I think character? It's 
Ye, okay. I think so. Like a pirate. I got yeah. you. So, um, <laughs> you know, she she kept being presented to me as like a sympathetic character, but I'm like, yeah. but she's intentionally trying to wipe humanity off the earth because her dad got beat up and killed. Like, I, I get her pain, but I also, I can't connect with her because of what she's I, trying to I do. I had that same feeling. And, and she murders two guys, yeah. right? Like you Her know, husband! Yes! Am I the only one who <laughs> right? really associated with her feelings of hating humanity? I think that's where we're at. Yes. Ah, bro. I mean, I, you not, you guys, not you guys. Not you guys. Would you kill <laughs> us humanity? all? Everybody else. No, but no. no. That's so, really the breaking news of this podcast yeah. is that Adam would kill us all. But no, wait, didn't she change? Them, bro. Eventually, she, she softened and became what, an Adventist or whatever. Which she is, regretted her actions. Well, she, well, she didn't regret it at all. No, but didn't she come become one of those? Like she wanted them to help us, like manage ourselves rather than destroy us. Like yeah. there's the part that yeah. wanted humanity gone. And that was the guy who went rogue and started like right. the ship and everything. The and then it was her. That was more of like a no we can be saved but we need their help right yeah but again it was lost in the fact yeah. that i i couldn't get past the fact yeah. that she's yeah. basically the one who was like detonating the nuclear bomb and then it was like right. oh my bad i guess we didn't have to do that you yeah. know sorry <laughs> but anyways my, sorry my point... i set the message to kill humanity yeah my bad don't yeah, you my bad. i'll help you clean it up you know i was having a bad day my, all right yeah. but my my point is just uh like i i think that you know uh, there's a lot I, as much as I, you know, struggled with the reading process, I'm honestly considering going right on to the next book. So mm. I, I think it's there. And I think for the right target audience, they'll love it. Many people do. So I'm not, I don't want to say that I don't recommend it. I will say that if you're a reader like me of my tastes, uh, then I would pass. I might temper mine, no, with a, a similar sort of caveat, like, yes, if hard sci-fi is your thing very very hard sci-fi because i really do like you mentioned i think it was you mike said the idea that first contact is not arrival and it's not first contact the movie but it's you know 450 years later we have to plan for it humanity get your shit together right. now okay no no now get your shit together yeah. 200 years later okay you really got to get your right. shit together <laughs> let's do this is so intriguing Unfortunately, sometimes I am such a pessimist about our species that, like those two hundred years, those four hundred years, we'd fritter it away. No, I, I don't. But that That's might what we're be doing the right reason. Now with climate change, well, right? yeah. it would get tied up in Congress, man. There's no way they're getting anything passed. Yeah. There would be some sort of Joe Manchin of the alien fighting <laughs> variety. Who'd Joe like, Manchin you know the what? fourth. <laughs> yeah, who'd be like, you know what? I live on just like Paradise over there, which is a spaceship right next to the moon. Um, y'all can go fuck yourself because I made a deal with the aliens. Yeah. And I'm going to get my money. No, I'm all for stopping the aliens, but can we work in a little bit more of a kickback for the oil companies? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all for saving humanity. But what about those who want to kill it? Yeah. Can we make sure that they have a chance to thrive in this society too? Can we make sure that all of the anti-alien weapons are built in America? <laughs> yeah. Just America. And if we can't, fuck it. Does and, it matter? No. And all the minerals must be sourced from free trade company agree or country <laughs> agreements. Well, there go all the lightning round questions. All right. There we go. Oh, we there skipped the lightning round. We did. We're actually out of time, and I ran out of time to not make lightning round questions for this book. No so, lightning round. Uh, so if it's you give me five minutes, it, it might be a it's, blessing. It's probably a Because it would have all been nuclear physics. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't a give lot you about nuclear physics from this book, so I, I might have done all right. I didn't give you my recommendation yet. Please. Do you, can you guys guess what it is? No. There's a lightning round question for you. Is it <laughs> a yes or is it a no? Who's got it first? And it I believe Mike. Mike got in there first. <laughs> 
I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a wild stab in the uh, dark because there's been no clues. You've really helped no. you know played it close mm, to the best. I think so. There was yeah. no fuck yous. Uh, this no, episode. there was no booming fuck yous. It's it's really uh, a poker face on this one. I'm just gonna flip a coin and say no. Okay, what is your answer, Adam? I'm gonna say yes for the same reason you said three thousand one that it might be um it might be a, a hallmark in the genre. I appreciate your effort on that answer, by Fuck. the way. But it is a uh, it is a hard no. It is a uh, it is uh, if, unless you're a huge fan. Again, I have to say this comes from someone whose expectations bend more towards the you know Western style of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And again, it's probably my own bias because of that. And I I I'll have to say I have not I'm not like Mike. I have not read widely of Eastern style writing. Uh, very little very little and to me it was just i couldn't get into it because of that i love all of the individual little ideas i think they're really neat but it's so disjointed it's so underdeveloped for me as far as all those little points go i'm just like i i finished it and there was parts i'm still thinking about some of the parts which is a hallmark or something i like Mm -hmm. but in the end i'm sitting there going like man it just felt like 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 i was just reading a bunch of notes and that's just the kind of the feeling i got so I got to say, unless that's what you're expecting and that's what you want, it's it's a no. All right. Well, you heard it from us. We tried really hard to like it. Man, no fuck really you. Did. And no, no. Warhorn for the uh, for the uh, lightning round. Damn. No, I'm sorry. I got to put away my little button when I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I put this thing together. Lots you of bells, though. Yeah, yeah, the bells yeah. are good. Just like the book, a lot of promise, a lot of letdown. <laughs> <laughs> not on, this beer, though. Not this beer. Damn, that was a good beer. And on that note, if, again, this wasn't your style, why don't you come back around for Sandman, where we talk about uh, mainly the Netflix original TV series that is a 10-episode-long series by Neil Gaiman, uh, The Sandman. It'll be vastly different. I can promise. It'll be vastly, vastly different. And a new beer. And a new beer. All right. We'll see you next time for that new beer and the new series. Till then, stay nerdy. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.